It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. One more weekend of non-conference play before the Big Ten opens later this month. The teams are trying to get some momentum right now. Some are, some not so much. I'm Kyle Charters. Drew Charters here as well in the Big Baseball Podcast. Hey, you went on a road trip this last weekend. Usually do color at home there in Alexander Field for Purdue games. Went on the road, did a little bit of play-by-play. How was Bowling Green? It was beautiful. Nice weather. It was short-sleeve weather for a couple days. Nick Dennis Field at Western Kentucky is very nice. It's 100% artificial turf. Uh, I think it was built in around 2014 or so. Uh, So nice field, nice press box. Could have went better for Purdue. Yeah, could have. Took one of three. You got married in Bowling Green years ago, so which was better, the weekend series against Western Kentucky this last weekend or your wedding? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, got to go wedding. Come on. Oh, I thought you were going to pause and, and try oh, and figure that out a little longer. Oh, you got to go wedding? My wife might be listening to this <laughs> later. Sure she is. Uh, no, you can't beat a uh, wedding was good. It was a good week, although you state that you you claim to not remember it. <laughs> I've never been to Bowling Green. Never yes, Bowling you Green. have. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, good weekend down there for the wedding. It was uh, in July, so a lot, we don't, we don't care about a lot warmer. Okay. All right, let's move on. <laughs> we just care about, here on the podcast, we only care about baseball. That's it. Big Ten baseball. Speaking of which, Rick Heller on the podcast today. The veteran Iowa coach, man, those Hawkeyes playing well right now, had won five in a row before the loss on Sunday. Excited about how Iowa is doing. Looking forward to that conversation with him. Let's talk about those Hawkeyes, Drew. As I mentioned, they had won five in a row before losing to Army 6-4 to on Sunday. Get this, in that five-game stretch for Iowa, which included wins. Now, it's not like they're just playing nobody here. It's included wins over ranked Duke and UNC up there in Minneapolis a couple of weekends ago. The Hawkeyes had outscored their opponents by a mere 59-13. to 13. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, scored 22 in that game against Georgetown. That was the most runs for the Hawkeyes uh, since 2016. And look, I'll focus on pitching here for a second. It does not get much better. You don't get a much better one-two punch mm-hmm. in the Big Ten uh, from Grant Judkins and Jack Dreyer. They're becoming uh, you know, m- much of what we expected them to be and, and probably more of what we expected them to be. Yeah. Um, they average as a team uh, just under 10 strikeouts per game, and, and that's a credit to those two at the top of the rotation. Judkins with 24 strikeouts and 21 innings, and Dreyer 23 uh, in, in just over 21 innings. So both healthy, both are going to be fun to watch this season and tough to beat on those Friday-Saturday games as we get into the Big Ten season. Healthy is the part that stands yes. out. That, that's that's what I notice here about this Iowa team. Look, if you just look at the Hawkeyes statistically, uh, you'll notice that they have guys who have been in the lineup consistently, and that was not always the case in 2019. They have five guys who have been in the lineup for every game this season. And that weekend rotation, you mentioned the two guys at the top, uh, and, and Duncan – Davit as well, the Sunday starter. Uh, all three of those guys have been in the rotation each of the first four weekends yeah. of the year. So consistency, Raqueller knows who's going to be where. He can pencil those guys into the lineup. He knows who's pitching on what day. Man, he did not have that luxury last season. And at least so far this year, 
He knows who's out there, and those guys have performed well. And when you've got consistency on the front end, that gives you consistency on the it back does, end and the bullpen as well. And they've got a couple of, of, of good ones who have who've played well so far. Trenton Wallace is pitching very well out of the pin for them so far early in this season. And then Grant Leonard has three saves already for Iowa, too. All right, Maryland stands uh, near the top. Are they near the top or at the top? 10-4 and four record. Um but for the Terps, are you a buyer right now at Maryland at, at ten and four? Yes, I'm a buyer. Their offense is potent. I mean, you got to be they a buyer. Bryant over the weekend. It Bryant stinks. Yeah, but look at the names in this offense. You got Randy Bednar, Maxwell Costas, uh, Bobby Zamarlik, who had two home runs and got, seven RBIs. You got it. it's, it's pronounced just like it's spelled. I know. You got it. I know. I, I paused <laughs> even. And then Chris Aline, who, you know, these guys are, are were good last year for Maryland. They were consistently good last year for Maryland. And so you know that they're going to be up there uh, offensively for this Terps team. It, it doesn't matter who they're playing yet. They're a solid offensive team, and they're going to be there to stay. Swept Bryant. Bryant stinks. Bryant's 2-11 and with six straight losses. His batting average is 184. With that offense, you're sweeping teams that are better than Bryant. Yeah, Maryland... It's funny because you look at Maryland, it's a weird Terp team. So it's hitting in the middle of the pack at 265. It's ERA also in the middle of the Big Ten at 4.21. But it runs nearly one per game more than anyone else in the league at 7.8 per game. So they're producing runs, getting key hits in key moments. Let's talk a little bit about the Michigan Wolverines. Eric Backage's group uh, hovering around 500. This feels so similar to last year at 8-7. and seven. Here's the wins and losses broken down, Drew. Michigan starts the year win-win-win, loss-loss. No, win-loss, 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 win-loss. That's 11 games in a row alternating between wins and losses dating back to February 21st. Now, they'll get a chance here with the next 12 games at home maybe to end that back and forth a little bit and get something rolling a little bit before uh, the Big Ten starts. You know, Purdue in there uh, to open up the Big Ten. I look ahead, though, to those 12 games and then that early April trip to Illinois. Maybe we'll see if Michigan could get on a little bit of a roll here. Yeah, I think the key for Michigan early on this season is they've got a number two pitcher uh, in Steven Hadger. He's played very well week in and week out for them. This week, he, he pitched six innings against Pepperdine, uh, just gave up two runs and struck out 10. And he's been the guy to, you know, they need someone else to match up with Jeff Criswell, and they seem to have found it in Hazard. It, it, I know you're not as on board with this as I am, but I'm interested to see how these next 12 games play out in Ann Arbor. Uh, you know, it could get chaotic with scheduling if the weather doesn't warm up up it's there It's supposed to be nice bit. here. It's supposed to be 42 in West Lafayette <laughs> on Saturday. 42 in West Lafayette means 38 in Ann Arbor on Saturday. I don't know if that I, – I haven't looked at the weather. Is that, how, is that how weather works? I don't know. Yeah, it's it very consistent. Every like that, right? 100 miles you lose yes. two degrees of temperature? Yes, that's a good rule of thumb. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> but it's also true that playing 12 <laughs> home games in a row in March could be difficult. Yes. It could be difficult. I'll give you that. So Michigan, over those next 12, has Canisius, uh, Purdue, Western Michigan for a midweek game, uh, Nevada. That's uh, during the, the opening weekend of the Big Ten for many, though Michigan will be on a bye 
that weekend. Bowling Green for a midweek game. And then, as I mentioned, that trip to Illinois, that one you sort of circle a little bit because the Fighting Illini and the Wolverines in that second, we'll call it the second weekend of the Big Ten. That'll be a big series that we're really looking forward to, certainly over there in Champaign, between a couple of teams, I think, that uh, clearly want to win the Big Mm -hmm. Ten, will be up there, I would imagine, um, at the top of the conference as well. Uh, Michigan did this last year, too, a little bit, right, where you're just, like, sort of watching them win and lose a little bit, and you're like, hey, whatever, we'll see. And then all of a sudden they – they get rolling a little bit. So there's a lot of talent there. I would expect that Michigan gets on a bit of a roll here at some point. Maybe it's during this 12-game homestand. If, as Drew said, weatherman Drew, meteorology. Does that make you a doctor? A should. doctor of weather? It should. I'm a doctor uh, of a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> what up, Doc? Uh, I don't know what I was going, but uh, <laughs> you said something about the weather. Whatever. All right, let's give our awards. Big arm and big bat. I don't know. This was a weird. Was this a weird weekend for some of this stuff? Let's talk big arm first. Mason Erla had a good start. Twelve. I wrote down twelve hits. That's not right. Twelve strikeouts in a one nothing win over Troy. Seven. He went seven innings and struck out twelve. That's not bad. Only two hits allowed. A shutout over those seven innings. Mike Doherty from Northwestern got a good start. Six innings, four hits, and a shutout. Uh, what else? What else you got over there? We'll throw in the trio of Bailey Dees, Tyler Shingledecker, and Mason Malott, who combined for an 11-inning no-hitter for Penn State. Uh, the previously mentioned Stephen Hadger for Michigan, 10 strikeouts in six innings versus a number 24-ranked Pepperdine team. Sean Burke from Maryland had 11 strikeouts versus Bryant. And Jack Dreyer with a seven-inning complete game shutout. I believe they called that game against Western Michigan uh, the 10 run rule, uh, 10 nothing Iowa. But we, two weeks in a row, Kyle, we're going to go with the man, Max Meyer from Minnesota, struck yeah. out 15 batters in uh, against Utah in eight innings. That's uh, 29, if I could do some quick math here, that's 29 strikeouts in the last two games for Meyer, winning him back to back big arm awards. Yeah, that's you strike good. out 15. That's pretty good. How can we get away from that? <laughs> 24 outs, 15 over more strikeouts. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard to pick somebody else. Uh, Big Bad, I know you were down there in Western Kentucky. You saw Evan Albrecht have a pretty good first six innings in the Sunday uh, Purdue victory when the Boilermakers put up a billion runs against the Hilltoppers. He had five hits in the first six innings. Yeah, two in the first inning. Purdue batted about 15 or 16 guys as they scored nine against the Hilltoppers. There were others, though. Who else you got? Yeah, we got Chris Aline from Maryland. Uh, went six for six in the first game there versus Bryant. He scored four runs, had a double, a home run, an RBI, and a stolen base. And then in that same game, believe it or not, Bobby Zamarlik had uh, two home runs and seven RBIs. Uh, Maryland scored 14 runs in that game, so... Uh, Zamarzalak had uh, half. He was a, he accounted for half of those runs. So we'll give him the big bat of the week for those seven RBIs. Yeah, it's a good pick. I think the Big Ten this week, by the way, is waiting for us to give out our awards before it gives out its awards. Yeah, not sure what's going on with that, but uh, no uh, player of the week or pitcher of the week or freshman of the week handed out as of yet. At least that we can see uh, 
on uh, the Big Ten website or uh, the Twitter machine there yeah, as of this uh, Tuesday morning. All right, uh, looking forward to the conversation with Iowa coach Rick Keller. He's in his seventh season there in Iowa City. That's coming up next on the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 101.7 The Hammer. Happy to welcome in Rick Heller in his seventh season as the head coach at Iowa. I know a guy who did a little bit of traveling, of course, with his team and then stuck around down in Florida for an extra day. So happy to have you uh, on the program and taking a little bit of time with us today. Hey, your team's been playing pretty well. It had won five in a row before the loss on Sunday to Army. Certainly you would have liked to gotten that one as well. But you can't be too disappointed, I don't think, about a, a stretch in which you win five of six. No, it, it was a good run, and, and we'd played, uh, you know, a string of, of games against teams who were who were really solid, teams that are ranked, teams that are going to be in regionals, and um, our team responded well. Um, you know, there's some there's some disappointing things in there that you'd like to, to change or clean up, and I mean, the games that um, you know we we have lost, we've we've had a shot late, you know, and that's that's what you want to do, give yourself a chance to to be in the game in the seventh inning on and, and they, and they, you know, they went the other way. And, and in most cases it was because we made a mistake or, you know, gave some free bases away. And, and I thought that we kind of cleaned that up. And then unfortunately yesterday um, against army, we, we had a rough day and uh, a lot of free bases and, you know, led to the, led to the L, but, um, you know, we have, we have made good strides and a tough stretch for us coming up here. We have a double midweek with Kansas today and tomorrow and then we head out to Northridge uh tomorrow who's off to a, a really good start best best start in school history uh, at one point so uh and then right to Missouri so we've yeah. got a good 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 tough run coming up but it's going to be going to be a, a tester as well yeah that's baseball in these parts right I mean it's nice mm-hmm. when you do get to play at home as as you said uh before we we came on here it'd be nice to have a crystal ball <laughs> and, and know that you're going to have a nice mild spring and would be able to to schedule some more games at home, but the way it plays out, you can't predict those things. Heck, you usually can't predict in the Midwest what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, let alone, <laughs> no, exactly. Let alone months in advance. Uh, so it does keep you moving around a little bit. The thing that struck me about your team, Coach, is that when we spoke about a year ago at this time, it, it just seemed like you could not get everybody healthy at the same time which pretty much it seemed like lasted throughout the entire season. I was just looking at your team statistically. You've got, you know, a consistent lineup. You've had the same five guys in, you know, of of the nine guys in the lineup for every game so far this year. Your weekend rotation has been exactly the same for your four Mm -hmm. weekends so far this year. You have to be pleased that you've been able to stay healthy, and that has to be, you know, a big reason why you're off to a good start this year. No question. Um, you know, last year we we had some some bad breaks uh, early in the year. Week two, week three, lost some guys for the season that were key parts to the team, and you know we 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 were able to fight through and overcome it for the most part. But you know, getting uh, some of those arms back this year was almost like a bonus recruiting class for yeah. us. So the depth the depth in our pitching staff is is quite a bit better than it was at any point last year. And, um, you know, out, there, there's always one or two, uh, you know, that, that, that are hurt. It just seems to be the way it goes. And, you know, we're, we've been without a kid, Sam Link, a freshman who hurt his hamstring. And then 
uh, Tanner Pageant, who we were hoping to be a big part of the middle of our lineup. Tanner's probably out for the year. He hurt, re-injured his hamstring. He just can't get get over the hump with it. And and then unfortunately yesterday or Friday, excuse me, not Friday, Sunday, uh, days all running together. But our catcher Austin Martin took a took a ball to the to the mask and is in he's in the concussion protocol right wow. now. So we're likely going to be without him for a while. So that's a big blow. He's our three hole hitter. And, and starting catcher, but for the most part, as you said, I mean, you're going to have some, some nicks here and there, just the way it is in spring baseball, cold weather, and the way it goes. But um, we are in uh, a much better place than we were at any point last season. Yeah, I mean, you would take, I guess, even though you don't want to, two or three guys rather than, man, it felt like last season before it was all said and done, it was five or six, seven, maybe more than that, yeah, guys yeah, yeah, yeah. who were just in and out of things for you and really couldn't establish <laughs> much of, of any kind of, consistency um no yeah the 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 weekend look the the rotation guys right grant judkins and jack dreyer you know those two guys will stand up against pretty much anybody in the big 10 one two and you know healthy now and and all of that you've got to be pretty comfortable with those two guys at the top of your rotation oh no question i mean they're 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 giving us consistent starts early and i think still the best is yet to come um as good as they've been i i i think there's uh you know there's more in there. I mean, I think they would tell you uh, as well. They haven't been quite as sharp uh, as they're capable, and as the season goes on and, and getting a little better each time out, um, you know, they're they're going to give us a shot most days, as you said. And I mean, they're both tough competitors and, and guys that um, you can give the ball to against anybody, and they're going to be just fine. And then you know, our third starter, Duncan David, I felt like he had his best stuff uh, against Army. Just unfortunately. <laughs> He had to get five outs in an inning or two in the first five innings, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, got his pitch count up, and 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 that was kind of the, the the issue there. But I was really pleased with how he threw um, early on in that game against Army, and that was a good sign. And then um, you know we've got you know a strong bullpen anchored by Grant Leonard, who you know all all conference guy last year, school record for saves. So it's it's always a good thing knowing you can get the ball to Grant in the ninth inning and. Um, we got a new guy, Dylan Nedved, who's a dual player. He plays shortstop, sometimes DH, and then uh, he he also is a back end bullpen guy who's been mm-hmm. really solid for us so far this year. So, a lot of good options. Yeah, and, and Trenton Wallace too. It fifteen strikeouts in nine innings. Is that uh, is that what I saw? Mm-hmm. He's been he's been pretty good. I mean, you got those kind of numbers. That's uh, that's pretty solid, also. Well, no question, and, and Trenton. Trenton is a dual player as well, and as you yeah. look at his hitting stats, he's been on a tear here um, the last four or five games. Um, you know, very close to winning the third starter spot um, before the season started, and you know, gives us a, a guy that we can go to if at any point in time one of those uh, three starters we already spoke of, um, you know, they have a short stand or get their pitch count up. We can, it's just great to have Trenton there to book in that game and right. basically throw another another weekend starter at people, and, and that's a good weapon to have. Yeah, have you been pretty? You've had a, a quite a few dual threat guys over the years. You pretty comfortable with recruiting those kind of guys, and you know, trying to balance, you know, the, the pitching workload with the hitting workload, and and you know, being mm-hmm. able to manage that over a season. Yeah, in my career, we've always tried to. To, to have those guys in the program, to me, it just makes sense when you when you have a roster cap um, yeah. and scholarship limitations. You're basically getting, if you get the right kid, you're getting two players for for one. And 
uh, you know, it takes it takes a lot more work, not only by the player but by the coaching staff, and you have to be willing to put the time in and put the work in. And then the the talent level of the player, uh, you know, dictates whether they can do it or not. That's what a lot of kids will come to me and say, "Yeah, can I do both?" I say, "We're going to give you a chance to do both." But mm-hmm. you know, it, basically, if you can't fall out of bed and do one of them really well, <laughs> you know, you're kind of you're kind of wasting your time, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we it started. Um, you know, my first year here with uh, Tyler Payton, and you know Tyler was our Friday night starter and hitting the three hole, and uh, you know he needed to put the majority of his time into his pitching, and he was just one of those guys that he could just flat out hit. And mm-hmm. it wasn't that he didn't work at his hitting, but he, when he when he had to make a decision, we had to make a decision on what he was going to miss on a certain day. We usually, you know, miss the hitting, go to the pitching, and then come make it up. But Anyway, point being, you know, you have to have a certain talent level. You have to be pretty special to do that. Yeah, and we're we're lucky enough to have two of them on this team. Right. How often do you find yourself um, maybe discussing with a player if they are a two-way guy, just you know, focusing on one or the other? Does that happen very often? Is it sometimes a mutual thing when you recruit guys like that? That at some point, mm-hmm. you know, you just decide well, to you- go one direction. Usually, I mean, I usually just give them my opinion because if I've told them that they can do it, I'm not right. going to take it away from them. Um, and, and ultimately, most of the kids are smart enough to see the handwriting on the wall that it's, not, that it's either holding them back uh, right. at one or, you know, they're not good enough to do it. And basically, the way I look at it, I mean, if they're not one of the top five or six hitters, um, it, it just doesn't work. You, you right. know what I mean? If you're that ninth best hitter and – that makes you the seventh best pitcher. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense right. to do it. But if you're, if you're, if you're one of the top hitters, um, then then so be it. Now, Grant Judkins um, was a dual guy up until this year. I mean, he had he had hit for us as well, and we had a long talk um, over the summer and through the fall about what Grant wanted to do if he wanted to continue the hitting. Yeah. Um, you know, he he's a solid hitter, good hitter, but again, he was falling into that range where he wasn't always getting. The at bats, somebody else was, you know, jumping over the top mm-hmm. of him, and with him uh, wanting to play professionally and have a chance to get drafted, uh, it just made sense to put all of his time and effort into the pitching in hopes that, you know, that'll happen after his senior season this year. Right, right, yeah. I figure some of that stuff just comes like in that instance organically a little bit, you know, between the player and the coach, you know, having that no, discussion. It, it, it definitely, it definitely does, and and and. The, the guys that, that say, yeah, I just want to give it a try, usually after the first fall, they're coming yeah. in going, hey, listen, I just want to pitch or I just want right. to pitch. Right. Well, you have a, a well-rounded team. I mean, if you look at it statistically, you know, third in batting average, fifth in, in earned run average, you guys are fielding it well out there, which is, you know, important when you're traveling around as much as you mm-hmm. do and finding yourself on grass fields and artificial surfaces and new environments. You're pretty pleased with what you've seen, you know, sort of top to bottom with your team, that you're, you're competitive mm-hmm. in a lot of aspects. Yeah, and, and, and that, I think you hit it on the head about our team. I don't know that we're doing any one thing exceptionally well, but I think we're doing everything really well, if that yeah. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm I mean, we're – and, and uh, Coach Yvonne from um, North Carolina State, he just said – you know what, Ricky? Because you guys are really tough to prepare for because you're really good at everything. And I thought to myself, well, that kind of sums our team up where yeah. we're at right now. I think I think we're going to really improve uh, in in some areas as we move down the line and 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 get some home series. 
but the one thing that really sticks out to me is that uh, you you touched on it, the defense and playing on the road. You know, we're a turf team and we practice indoors on turf. Mm-hmm. And then some, sometimes when you when you go out and you play on some of the, these fields, and we've played at some rough fields uh, at neutral site tournaments, and some of the fields when we went to California were hard and, and really didn't play that that true. Uh, sometimes that spells disaster for a turf team, and I, I'm just really happy with how our our team has been able to deal with that and, and, and play well defensively, especially on the infield uh, in, in some, some tough circumstances. So, um, you know, as we as we now start playing a few home games, and then uh, one more week, and we get a home series. Um, really happy, kind of right. overall where we're at, because I know that we can continue to grow and get better at all of them. You've got a couple of guys in your lineup who are really producing some runs: uh, Isaiah Fulliard and, and Peyton Williams, really coming through with you, twenty and fifteen mm-hmm. RBI respectively. I mean, I know you're deeper than just two guys, but those two guys have really been able to uh, come through with some timely hitting for you. Yeah, no question. Uh, Isaiah got off to a little bit of a slow start, um, and then here, here lately, he has just been on a tear. He's been an RBI machine every opportunity. He's getting the job done, uh, getting the two-out hit, and and he, he's a great hitter. I mean, he's he's probably our best hitter. Uh, I mean, we have some 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 good hitters on the team, but Isaiah was our top, one of our top guys last year. He's always hit, and he's in a really good place right now. Um, we've seen some some really plus arms early, and then um, you know the last four games, the the, the quality of the arms that we uh, have seen haven't been as good as the ones we saw. You know those first mm-hmm. seven eight games, and I think that that really helped prepare us for uh, for that that run that we had. And the guys really responded. You know when the, the quality of the pitching went down a little bit, our guys were right on it and 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 really showed that. Um, um, you know they they could produce, and I think the confidence uh, really has grown uh, with those games as well. Right. And you need that. You know you can't play, uh, you know, top ten every single game. It just it, you know it can beat you up. And <laughs> uh, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, you, yeah. you need a day. You need a day in there when you're when when it's, it's not quite as uh, uh, the velo is not quite there. The sharp right. breaking stuff isn't there, and then you can you can build on that and get your confidence going. And, and we've had some guys that have done that. But Peyton Williams has been. Uh, outstanding and true freshman, and, and you know we played in Florida this weekend, and uh, the wind the wind blew in. The cold front hit the the middle of the night uh, uh, when we got down there. Mm-hmm. You know, the middle of the night on Thursday, the wind was blowing in 30 miles an hour all weekend long, straight in. He, he would have had at least three home runs this weekend. Team yeah. probably would have had seven, uh, and, and we still were able to put together runs and put together a lot of hits and adjust and hit line drives, but Peyton's off to a great start. And for a true freshman, he's, he's just been outstanding. And, and then, you know, like you said, we've got some other guys. Trenton's been hot, Trenton Wallace, and uh, pleasant surprise, Matt Sosa has been really steady and mm-hmm. hitting at, you know, 360 clip here and on base, 475 at third base. And, um, you know, Matt has been really solid. And Nedved, Dylan Nedved has been on a good tear, and he's driven in quite a few runs in, in the games he's been in. And so, yeah, we've got some guys that are doing a nice job. And then, one other guy that I wanted to hit on or, or two is that Ben Norman uh, stepped into the leadoff role. That was uh, a role that we were very concerned with. We yeah. had a kid named Chris Whalen the last three years that mm-hmm. you know, was on base all the time. And um, you know, we were like, who's going to replace Chris? And we really wanted it to be Ben. And Ben has done a really nice job with that. And then Zeb Adrian's also done a really nice job hitting behind 
hitting behind Peyton and, and, and driving in the runs that he, he leaves out there occasionally, not very often, but yeah. he's, picking, he's picking them up when they're, when they're there. Talking to uh, Rick Heller of Iowa Baseball, seventh-year head coach there in Iowa City. You'll get Connor McCaffrey at some point. Obviously, you, you both want him, but you, you know, you'd like the basketball team to continue winning. It was this time a year ago, right, that, he, that Iowa lost, and then didn't he jump in a car with his mom or something and, and drive <laughs> over and, and oh, play yeah. in the games? Then with you guys yeah. uh, that weekend, what's sort of the plan for him here over the next couple of weeks? Well, um, with us with us being on the road so much, I actually haven't talked to Connor in over a week. So um, basically, it's just he needs to to focus on his basketball and, and yeah. do whatever he, he's trying to do whatever he can to stay in shape. And then you know when they're done, and hopefully they play for a long time, we'll 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 sort it out and get things going once he gets back. With him having such a huge role uh, on the basketball team this season. Um, you know, he, he needs to put all of his focus or the majority of his focus there. And, and, and the thing about Connor, I know he's doing his work when we're not here and on the road, he's coming over and hitting and doing the yeah. things he needs to do to be ready. But uh, we'll just, we'll just keep that one, you know, keep them going and hopefully they, they play well. They've had a great year and he's had, a, he's had a fantastic year and um, you know, he had a great fall for us and, um, we'd just be happy to get Connor back and, and get him into a baseball routine once he's done with basketball. Right. Well, you mentioned your upcoming series. you got a couple midweek here against Kansas, then uh, way out there on the West Coast again, Cal State Northridge, St. Mary's back at home. Here's what I'm going to say, and, and, and I don't know what your response to this is going to be exactly. I like your Big Ten schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it's uh, user-friendly for you guys. You, you happen to play the five teams of your eight series Five of them are against the teams that did not make the Big Ten tournament last mm-hmm. year. So I, I feel like, you know, there are some opportunities for you. Do you like how things, you know, lay out for you guys once you hit the conference season? Yeah, I mean, on paper, yes. Um, but I also know, you know, Penn State is much improved and off to a really good start. Yeah. Um, I also know that Rutgers probably has the best team they've had, uh, you know, maybe since they've come in the league and then they have a new coach this year. Um, you know, it, it's, it's never easy. None of them are easy. There's such a fine line. You just have to play them. But, you know, I guess on, out on paper, if you look at it, yeah, um, it does look like, um, a schedule that, that could be, uh, a little bit in our favor this year. It's not always the case, but, uh, you have to take advantage of it and play well every day. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? It's, it, it, our league is so crazy. Everybody's good. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It, it, mm-hmm. I always tell people, I always tell people, as long as I've done this, it, it really doesn't matter who you're playing. It matters when you play them and what kind of, what kind of place they're in when you play them, you know? Right. And, uh, I mean, you look at, you know, when we played North Carolina, you know, they had lost a couple games and we're in a great place and you watch in another month, you probably wouldn't want to play them. <laughs> you, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, and, and a lot of it's kind of luck of the draw when you catch somebody, but, the biggest thing that we focus on, and this is the way we've always done it, and it sounds cliche, but we just try to take care of ourselves. And yeah. we don't play the uniform; we play, uh, we we play the game, and we try to play hard. And you know, if you eliminate uh, the free bases and, and and make teams beat you, um, most of the time, things work out to your favor. And and in all the games that we've uh, we've struggled, the five games we've lost, um, the, the other team had less free bases than us. And they, you know, and that's just how baseball goes. Yep, sometimes it's uh, it's as easy as that, at least to say it. It doesn't always turn out to be as easy no, as that it, when you, yeah, when you it play. Always, it, it, yeah. it doesn't always work out that way, but all you're trying to do is just stack the percentages in your right. favor. And, and, and when you do that, 
uh, good things generally happen in the long haul. And, and, and so far, you know, this team has shown uh, some maturity. I mean, we've taken some steps forward, and you know, you know, we'll take a little step back, and that's generally how it is when you're traveling a lot early in the year. So it's a it's a growth and maturity process, um, and and you know. You, you're happy that you're above 500 at the, you know, with the teams, mm-hmm. the schedule that we've played. And, uh, but, but you just got to keep moving forward. And, you know, we're off, we're going on week five. Normally we play at home week, week five. And, you know, with it being a leap year and the, and the calendar kind of wacky, um, yeah. you know, it wasn't really safe to schedule a home game on week five this year. So that adds another week of travel. Then we're home. Right. And then unfortunately for us, we have to take a long trip and go to Penn State the first <laughs> yeah. week. So that means six of the first seven weekends we're in an airplane traveling. Mm-hmm. And and so far, so good. You know, this team has handled it well. Um, you know, some teams don't. Um, but I, I, I feel really good about um, what kind of shape we're in, as we talked about earlier and you hit on. Uh, we're, we're, we're in good shape. Uh, the guys are fit, still, still have a hop in their step. I haven't noticed anything with the travel, um, you know, bogging us down. So right. hopefully we can survive these two of the next three and then, and then get into a good role in April where we're playing a ton of home games. Yeah. Hey, sounds good. Uh, thanks for the time as always, Rick, and, and uh, um, safe travels as well this spring. I know you guys are still, as you said, still moving around a little bit. Uh, so stay <laughs> safe out there, and, and hopefully we'll see you in Omaha. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's Iowa Thanks. coach uh, Rick Keller joining us on the Big Baseball Podcast. Back with more here in a moment. This is a production of 1017 The Hammer. And a thanks again to Iowa coach Rick Keller for being on the Big Baseball Podcast. I know he had a busy couple of days of travel. Glad he was able to uh, squeeze us in for a couple of minutes this week. Kyle and Drew back here on the Big Baseball Podcast. Let's talk a little bit of weekend Rotation, Drew, you mentioned it earlier. Penn State threw an 11-inning no-hitter and lost. Lost. Lost, lost the game to Navy 2-1. to one. Oh, what a heartbreaker. It was in 11 innings, too. Uh, and we'll throw another wrench in this. There was a 35-minute rain delay in this game. So Bailey Dees gets the start, goes six innings, no-hitter, walked four, uh, but he probably would have effectively remained effectively wild. Effectively wild remained in the game, but due to the 35-minute weather delay, he came out, gave way to Tyler Shingledecker and Mason Malott, who uh, both came in and picked up right where Dees left off with the no hitter. So, uh, walking through this game on how exactly they lost, uh, errors uh, were, were the story behind Penn State in the sixth inning. Penn State hit a batter. Then they walked one, Navy sacrifice bunted, and then sacrifice flew uh, for the first run of the game. And then in the 11th inning, Navy reached on an error, then they sack bunt, uh, then they scored on another throwing error by Penn State. Uh, you know, so Penn State with a, with a couple of timely, uh, hurtful errors there, mm-hmm. they lead all Big Ten teams with 25 errors this mm. season. 25 and 14 games for the Nittany Lions. Navy, I've heard, though, plays well in the rain. The, the water. Yes, I get it. <clears throat> not good enough to uh, we have, uh, not good enough to get a chuckle. Do we have a rim shot here? Can we do that <laughs> on, the, on the show? <laughs> okay. Uh, boy, that was bad. Can we edit that out? Uh, number two in our weekend rotation, Nebraska. The Cornhuskers 
have won four of five, much more respectable five and eight now on the season. A little bit through sort of that tough portion of the schedule, though they still are playing some teams. And and this streak here of four and five did start with a victory at number 12 Arizona a couple of Sundays ago, beating the uh, the 12th ranked Sun Devils 18 to 10. Uh, but after that took two, excuse me, three of four against Columbia, the pitching staff. So, look, this number doesn't sound great, but the pitching staff only gave up 14 runs in those four games. So that's much better than what the staff had done before that against better competition. But hopefully Nebraska will be able to come through the gauntlet that the Cornhuskers faced in the first three weekends of the year and start to build a little bit of momentum here before the Big Ten. Yeah, they'll play six games this week. It's it's their spring break, so a couple against Northern Colorado and then four against Wichita State. And I think that's what you take uh, from this weekend is is the pitching was better this weekend. They struck out 14 batters um, in, in game number one against Columbia. Uh, all And although Colby Gomes struggled in, in game number two, Cade Povich, uh, went six and two thirds in game number three, just gave up a run and six hits. And then uh, Caleb Freakin uh, got his first start of the season in game number four as Nebraska won uh, 12 to five in that game. So, uh, you know, if they can get through another week, I think with the pitching staff improved once again, uh, you know, I think the, the, you know, they've gotten through that rough part with no real damage, long-term damage done. Let's talk a little bit more about pitching staffs and Minnesota's in particular. Look, we have eliminated math from this show as much as we possibly can, considering it's a baseball show. <laughs> so I don't want to figure out what the the team ERA is of everyone else for Minnesota aside from Max Meyer, but it yeah. cannot be good. The team ERA is 6.99. Look, Max is great. Uh, as evidenced by the fact that he's won big arm in back-to-back weeks. That's how you know he's good. Uh, that and the strikeouts and stuff. Um, and the fastball and all of the other stuff. <laughs> and the hitting. Uh, and the... <laughs> yeah, all of that. All of that along with big arm. But the rest of the team. So are we back-to-back years now we have talked about how this Minnesota staff is great. And they're going to win. And that's why the Gophers are going to be really good and blah, blah, blah. And then. They're just not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at some point, you are what you are, right? And for Minnesota, it's Max Meyer and then not as good as what we anticipated. Yeah, I think we're still hanging our hat a little bit there on Patrick Fredrickson's freshman season when him yeah. and Max Meyer, one-two punch, were just absolutely lights out. And and now, you know, Sam Thorson has walked a lot of guys. Patrick Fredersen has walked a lot of guys. That's the number that stands out to me is that overall walks number. It is. 111 batters in 143 innings. The next closest. That's walks. 111. That's 111 walks. That's a lot. The next closest Big Ten team is Michigan State with 73. So that's, uh, we said well, no we math. We said no math. We said no math, but it's that's 38. like 40. I was rounding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've got four relievers. Is it 38? Is that right? They've got four relievers uh, in this pitching staff who have who have all appeared in more than four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, getting a lot of work out of these four relievers, they all have ERAs over 10. Yeah. ERAs of 10, 12, 15, and 15 out of those four. 
Not good. Mm-mm, not good enough. Yeah, so we'll watch that. I mean, Minnesota after Meyer has got to be better pitching the, the baseball. And we anticipated, but we said that last year too, and then it didn't come to fruition. We said it again this year, and, you know, now here we are, what, 15 games in and, and not, uh, not there again. All right, this weekend series, you know, it's sort of that last weekend before Big Ten starts for a lot of teams, so I'm not sure there's a lot of excitement here. Maryland does go to TCU. I think that will be a better barometer for the Terps than Bryant was this last weekend. So you were a buyer on the Terps. I'm sort of I'm waiting to see here a little bit, uh, maybe that TCU series. What else you got? Anything? A lot of teams on their spring breaks this week, including uh, Purdue and Indiana and uh, whoever I just mentioned there, Nebraska on their spring break. Um, mainly just looking forward to, to be honest, I'm looking forward to getting through this week and getting really heavy into the big 10 season here. That's exciting. I feel like it's, yeah. I feel like it's, it's already here. I feel like it's come up quick on us, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, excited to, to get this all sorted out and find out who's, you know, that's where you find out really who, who's for real and right. who's not after all these teams play these. Uh, different opponents across the across the country. Nebraska, Wichita State. Uh, we mentioned that earlier. Iowa, Cal State, Northridge, and then yeah, that Big Ten team for Big Ten uh, conference um, schedule gets underway for many coming up then in a week. All right, uh, that's it for our show for this week. And thanks again to Rick Heller, Iowa's baseball coach, for coming on the Big Baseball Podcast. With us, we'll drop another one as we get set up for those Big Ten games that'll come on Tuesday morning next week. We drop them every Tuesday here on the podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thanks for telling a friend about us as well. It is certainly greatly appreciated. He's Drew Charters and Kyle Charters. This is the Big Baseball Podcast, a production of 1017 The Hammer. You're out!